We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Little bit different podcast this one. In this episode, we're going to take a sneak peek at the upcoming webinar on the Modern Soccer Coach community platform. So November's webinar will be this Wednesday, November 20th, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. UK time. The topic is set pieces. So the reason for these webinars are, are twofold almost. Firstly, we want to use the platform to add a little bit of detail and context in this age of constant information stream that coaches are exposed to on social media. So social media has been absolutely brilliant and still is absolutely brilliant for coaches for getting that information, for getting those little bits of insight. But it's not really a platform where coaches can discuss a variety of different ways. And I think because of this, top coaches, practitioners, are pulling away from sharing viewpoints, from sharing processes. And I think we're starting to maybe dilute it or maybe just get a little bit less exposure to different ways that, that things can be done at youth level, professional level, college level, high school level, whatever it is. So the reason behind, the inspiration behind the community platform was to almost give coaches a judge-free zone for sharing information and for discussing topics that we can start to get into. So we've already done two webinars. The first one was counter-pressing. The second one was breaking down a medium and low block. Those webinars are up. They're free for coaches on the community platform. But this one's a little bit different. So this was the second part of why I wanted to put this webinar together was my own work behind set pieces up until this point has been pretty limited in terms of my philosophy of coaching set pieces, my philosophy as a head coach of working with teams in set pieces, we've never been particularly strong with my teams as a head coach when it came to set pieces. And because of that, I've probably taken the approach that slight fixed mindset almost. You know, we don't have great headers of the ball. They're not really engaged in the practice sessions that we try to do it. And because of that there, the intensity drops, the focus drops, and it also goes against the way I like to train. So I like the intensity, I like the energy. And when that there drops and we have to scale it back and get that information, didn't necessarily go too well. So I always handed it off to an assistant coach and the players I feel at the college level probably felt that I didn't value it as much as I should and, and for good reason as well. So they didn't really value it either. So up until this point in my coaching career, set pieces of me have never really been connected or I've never done anything in my books with them I've never done any webinars I've never done any podcasts on them but my work in Chicago with the Red Stars and we've got a bigger staff and it's obviously at the professional level you've got more time with the players and those processes are hugely hugely important so I suppose over the past six months in particular there have been a lot of conversations in our office especially with Raddy and Craig about their past experience with set pieces and how they've worked with their teams and where we feel we can get an edge. And those conversations have 
gone with a lot of coffee every morning and it's an area now that I've really changed as a coach. It's an area now that I want to get better at. It's an area that I want to challenge myself and it's an area that I feel like I've probably missed out as a head coach of of games, goals, results, whatever it is of getting those those gains with my team. So I wanted to take the webinar to to challenge myself but also put some stuff together that I've seen and bring some people on that I've seen do some great work. So the webinar is a little bit different. I'm more in a facilitation role with this webinar. We're going to run through some stuff. And that's what we're going to look at on the podcast today. We're going to look at the different people that we're bringing on for the webinar, listen to their insight, listen to a little bit of their presentation, and then hopefully you will enjoy it and you will tune in for the full webinar with all the visuals and the video on Wednesday. Or if you're getting this after Wednesday and the webinar's passed, you can still sign up for the platform and get access to watch everything, all the bonus footage as well. So modernsoccercoach.com slash community is where you can sign up. You get 14-day free trial and then it's only $6 a month. So if you enjoy any of the content of the podcasts, please, please, please jump on there sign up and support what we're doing so thanks for everyone who has joined so far and appreciate you spreading the word the podcast the webinars the platform everything at gary Cornine on instagram at gary Cornine on twitter thanks so much here we go set pieces so the first area that we wanted to look at was analysis and using data to help coaches work on their set pieces. So we asked Oliver Gage to come on. We've had him on the podcast before. He's absolutely brilliant. He's the head of performance and recruitment for the Canadian Premier Soccer League and former analyst at Houston Dynamo and University of Virginia. He's also the founder of Coach Tech Soccer, which does online courses for analysis and set pieces especially. So if you haven't checked out Oliver Gage's work, please do. If you haven't checked out his courses, please do. What I wanted to do was ask him a little bit of what is the starting point for the analysis for set pieces and what should coaches look for when they're putting that together. And here was his response. Yeah, it's a good question. So when it comes to the analysis of set pieces, I think um, kind of in line with all analysis, really important to have a good idea what you're trying to get at the back end of it in order to design what you're doing at the front end right so um, if before you start doing the analysis you're not really sure what questions you want answered and you just want to start analyzing set pieces I don't think you're necessarily um, going to end up with any of the answers you were looking for so for example if you want to know what's the difference between when we mark well and don't mark well um, is a fairly obvious one for defensive set pieces, but you need to kind of define what you would consider marking well versus marking poorly in order to start measuring that. So you might say in order for a set piece to qualify as we marked well on this set piece, then every single attacking player must be tightly marked and in a position where even if the ball does get to them, we feel our defender could prevent them from having an attempt at goal. And in order to end up with, um, at the end of it, a an answer which is when we mark well, we don't concede goals or we concede X amount goals less than when we mark poorly, you have to design that process at the front end. The underlying uh, nature of analysis is that you want it to be as objective as possible. And that doesn't mean there can't be a subjective nature to it. 
but what you can't do is decide two identical events are different on the back end. So you can't decide that, uh, just take set pieces out of the equation for a second. You can't decide that two identical chances are a good chance. And then the second one is not a good chance based on the fact that you scored a goal from it. So you need that objectivity when you're looking at analysis in order to to get some actual actual actionable events so coming up with a definition of what is a good set piece and a bad set piece um, is crucial to the the overall project or the overall outcomes you're going to get so um, for example let's look at delivery on attacking set pieces you can't then say well that was a good delivery because our guy got ahead of, on it at the end what you have to say is take the players out of the equation, where did the ball end up? Regardless of if someone made a connection with a header or not, you have to bring that objectivity and a definition of what is good versus bad or what is correct versus incorrect in order to get some actual actionable outcomes from set pieces. Ollie went on to give some details of how you get that objective approach and how you bring that onto the training ground in his presentation. The last question I wanted to ask him was what are teams doing to get that edge and how are teams actually getting from the analysis department, from the training field, how are they turning that into wins and goals in all aspects of the game, not just the professional level, but also the college, high school, etc. This was Ollie's response. Yeah, there's been some, uh, some excellent examples in professional soccer and in amateur soccer of how uh, using analysis in the set piece world has had a huge impact on um, on a team's not just underlying numbers such as chances created and stuff like that, but their outcomes too uh, in goals scored. So there's um, a team called FC Micheland in Denmark who are very famous for essentially completely blowing up the world of soccer in Denmark as as everybody knew it, and they um, they essentially scored more than fifty percent of their goals from set pieces on the way to winning the league for the first time in a long, long time. And they did this for like two or three years consecutively. And after a while, every single team in Denmark realized that set pieces were a hugely undervalued aspect of the game. And if you look at Danish football now, set piece scoring rates in Denmark are much higher than almost every other league in the world. And that's purely based down to essentially FC Michelin realizing that set pieces are a completely different aspect of the game to open play and something you can directly control if you put the amount of effort in and they figured that the cheapest way to win the league wasn't necessarily to go out and buy good players it was to get their current players to be excellent at set pieces and you could manufacture goals out of nowhere and this is something that new york red bulls in mls were very famous for under jesse marsh before he moved um to bigger and better things in Austria with the Red Bull group and even uh, coach tech clients of mine uh, who I work with at the college and youth level and some semi-professional teams and professional teams. Um, there's a huge emphasis on the fact that set pieces or set piece quality is in no way tied to um, your quality in outfield play. So essentially um, Man City there's no evidence to suggest that Man City should be better at set pieces because they have better players, just like how Burnley or Sheffield United or 
anyone like that, they have the ability to be just as good as Man City at set pieces, if not better, even though it doesn't cost them any extra money to be there. So there's a lot of work being done on, on that aspect of the game. And now you see clubs hiring set piece analysts and, and all sorts of things because almost 30% of goals are scored from set piece situations and they're completely controllable and there is no direct correlation between your quality of play on the outfield and your quality of set piece goal scoring. So in a nutshell, a bad team can make themselves an average team by focusing on set pieces and an average team can make themselves a great team by focusing on set pieces. Uh, and there's no direct correlation between uh, open play and set pieces. So it's definitely something that a team can choose to control themselves. And it's the reason why on my Coach Tech courses, we have a whole module dedicated to set pieces and how to analyze them and how teams can take advantage of them. So staying on the analysis piece, I then wanted to look at zonal marking versus man marking when it comes to set pieces. And it's always a topic, especially when a top team concedes and they zonal mark. There's always the skepticism from the analysts and the experts on TV saying they should have done this, they should have done that. We've got Cam Meakin, who is an analyst with Preston North End's U18 Academy, and he also is a writer for Total Football Analysis. So we recently did an article for Total Football Analysis on Zona versus man-to-man marking. I read it, I loved it, and I wanted to get him on and do a little presentation for the webinar. So here is a little piece of what he said about Zona marking and its benefits, which I thought was really, really interesting. I think just traditionally, most teams have always stuck with the man-marking approach. Just the idea of doing your job and sticking to your man is something that's I think is becoming a little bit dated now in terms of you've got people blocking runs now. I'm not sure if, if, if there was that much focus on set pieces once upon a time. So I think with the um, prevalence of set pieces and they're coming a bit back more into fashion now, I think you've got to have a bit more of a sophisticated approach to it. So in terms of evidence, you've got um, the big teams. So in terms of the Premier League, you've got Liverpool, Tottenham and Leicester are the top three teams in the league in terms of defending set pieces. So Leicester and Tottenham haven't conceded at all and Liverpool have only conceded one. None of them have been from corners and they all use zonal marking. Whereas the teams are on the bottom, so you've got Aston Villa, Watford, they use um, man marking. So that's not obviously conclusive evidence of one thing or the other, but it, it gives us a little bit of a pointer that I'll go into around it. Cam showed a lot of video in his presentation, slowing it down, showing the detail and the movement and where those different systems break down. Again, a piece that I thought was really interesting was when he broke down this famous Bournemouth corner and again exposed the way Newcastle defended against it with the movements. It's the um decoy runs really into space that cause problems so it's a case of if you're just following markers around you can get dragged around and space can be created up so there was a there was a brilliant example on I think last weekend Bournemouth against Newcastle Newcastle using their man marking so Bournemouth initially have a runner that drags out two two players towards the near post just a short corner and then two players on the edge of the box run in into the six-yard box, and that creates space for somebody running off the back post, who's blocked by uh, Callum Wilson, I think it is. 
and then he's in acres of space to just get a free shot at goal from about 12 yards out. And that all comes from Newcastle trying to just follow men, not knowing that they're not going to get the ball, and they're simply there just to create space. It's a lot like a man, uh, a man-orientated press, really, in terms of trying to stop build-up play. So, in, t- in terms of positional play in possession, obviously high up the pitch, if teams trying to man-mark constantly and they're just following men about, you can create space using this. But if, if teams try and stick in the regimented zones kind of thing and sit in a deep block, you can kind of manage space a bit better rather than just following people about. So moving from the analysis piece to coaches who are on the grass with their teams, one perspective that I wanted to get was from a former player who defended thousands of set pieces in his career. So Peter Ramage, he's been on the podcast brilliant former Newcastle United Crystal Palace Premier League defender now over here coaching with the Phoenix Rising in the USL doing very very well he gives a little bit of insight on his experience of growing up with set pieces but an absolutely brilliant story when I asked him how does a young defender stop a player like John Terry in his prime very good question. It's sometimes for me as a young player, it was very hard because he's a big, powerful centre off. I remember the the one game where I was specifically designated for him. It was uh, their FA Cup tie at Stamford Bridge, and first corner they got. I knew what run he was going to make. I knew the timing of the run, but I just couldn't stop it. And we ended up getting beat one nil, uh, and it was through his set piece goal. So that was a particular harsh learning curve for me, and one where you know I had to to figure out how I were going to stop somebody who was so dominant in the, the opposition box from set pieces. And uh, that, again, because of that, I think more than anything else, which the goal that sticks in my mind more than anything else, sorry, was, was why I became a little bit more hardened when it came to set pieces and trying to, to figure out a, a bigger and better way to, to stop such a, a potent threat. Peter then gave great insight into the processes that the Phoenix raise and how they structure their set piece training how often they do it. We kind of then went down into a conversation about opposed versus unopposed. And then that brought along a brilliant piece of insight that Peter had that I wanted to share about how giving the players a little bit of freedom to express themselves as set pieces has actually helped their culture and their team spirit as well. Uh, I was the same, because like, that that's the thing that we found when we started to give the guys, a, I mean, we have two specific ones that, that we use, but then we allow them to have the uh, to, to have the variation. And, and, and we did, we, that's what we found. That I was sitting back one day and uh, we had John Pacero, and he was, um, he was coming up with ones that his dad had used at Barcelona. And I was like, oh, John, how are you? You, Oliver, I can't write all these up. And he was like, no, 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 just leave them to me. I'll tell the centre-offs where to run or I'll tell the, the target players where to run and I'll put it on there. Lo and behold, the next game, he, sit, he sticks one in the box. I'm thinking, what's he doing here? And the score from it. And I'm like, geez. So I, that's one of the things that we say. We, we want to give the players the freedom to be able to express themselves, not only within the, the, um, like the run of play, but also with set pieces too. As long as they tell each other, because I know from personal experience, when the delivery stick, when the deliverer sticks the ball somewhere where he thinks it sh- I should be, but he hasn't told me that I should be there, I get off. But um, it, like I said, it, we found that all of a sudden, instead of players just soon as training finishes walking in, they were grabbing a bag of balls, and sometimes it was a bit of fun. But then it was having the interaction on the pitch, which was 
from a social aspect was I think one of the keys as to why we were so good on the pitch that the guys just enjoyed helping each other become better. So we then move towards scouting reports and opposition analysis when it comes to set pieces. So I brought in Rady Tanaskovic, who is our goalkeeper coach at the Chicago Red Stars and is responsible for all the set piece work. So Rady's absolutely brilliant with the work that he does and the detail that he does. And what I wanted to, to bring him on for was to do a presentation of basically the processes that he goes through in terms of getting the information from all the other teams that he works on and how he filters that down to what he shows the staff, what he shows the players, how he presents it into meetings. And here was a little bit of his insight on what kind of patterns that he looks for in the opposition with their set pieces. Whenever I break down set pieces, so a few things that, that are important for me are, like let's say it's a, it's a corner and ball is, is getting out of the play. At that moment for me, set pieces start. So uh, it's not just when ball is placed to be put in a box, but for me, it's actually a little bit earlier and, and before uh, before ball is set on a play. So let's say maybe it's a fast, some teams look to play fast, fast set pieces. So just kind of being ready and prepared for that. And then when ball is actually set down, um, you know, set on a certain spot to be uh, for set piece to be taken, importance of signals. I think that that is something that that's very, very important when it comes to uh, service delivery uh, runs in the box. Uh, can we catch usually, you know, for our preparation and scouting reports, we get a couple different uh, camera angles. I try to look at some up close looks of the players that are taking set pieces and uh, what kind of signals or gestures they're, they're giving out. Uh, and then from there, you know, like important. So the setup and, uh, and the movements in the box before ball, uh, ball is kicked or before the set piece is taken. Who is setting up screen? Where are the screens? What's the movement of the players? Is there certain rotations that we need to be aware of? And then service itself, you know, consistency. Where is service getting to most parts? You know, sometimes, you know, certain teams are changing service every two or three games, changing movements every two or three games. And those are some certain pat patterns that we got to catch. And then what is actually happening in the box while the ball is in the air or while some small combination is played, understanding where the spaces are and and where the uh, very specific runners are and then uh, adjustments uh, you know after that service and how we can adjust to prevent somebody getting up on the end of the service and then the importance of the second ball I think uh, you know if just because one ball is cleared up outside of the box and uh, what is then going on in the box while uh, while second service might be coming in and then at the end I, I know um, you know, sometimes we try to look at as well, while opponent is taking attacking set piece, what is going on on their defensive side and actually how can we uh, counterattack them from, from their attacking set piece and how we can turn our defensive set piece into attacking transition and maybe go to goal right away. Continuing on then with processes and opposition analysis, we brought on Mark Spaulding, who's been on the podcast before, giving the insight to his pro license. So Mark shared a little bit of his philosophy and then also the work he did with St Mirren whenever they were preparing for a game against Rangers. Similar to Peter Ramage's story about the reality of set pieces when it doesn't go right, here was a little insight from Mark on how they prepared for the Rangers game. 
Here's actually a game example playing against Rangers. This is Rangers set play routines. They had eight. So b- before preparing a game, how you actually, you know, educate your players on working on eight corner routines. We bring it, so we show it in graphic. We bring it to life. Again, they've all got different titles. This is emailed to players. Players see this. This is also presented. This time, Waghorn goes round the back, which was one of the graphics shown. We show the short one, 1v1 scenario, late run. So again, as you're seeing, you're saying, how many of these are they actually doing? But again, that preparation, showing players exactly what they need to know. So as you saw before, we had the graphic, looking at some of the key characteristics, a little short number, and then how they how they work it. You're trying to always paint that picture. You're trying to provide the players with as much information as they need of the little combinations to be aware of, how they work the ball. Because guaranteed, you know, certainly like the pro game, if you're not giving these guys information, they will use it against you. They will say, well, you know, you didn't show me that. You know, this is the type of information that they want to know. And as you can see there, you know, we showed it on the uh, we showed it on the screen. It was a key prominent part of, of our training sessions during the week. You know, we're all we're constantly we're constantly showing them all the various different scenarios that they could they could be using different different people delivering. And then what I'm going to show you is an example of the first six minutes of the game. And we actually lost the goal off a set play. So it sometimes goes to show no matter how much preparation you can do, you know, three or four minutes into a game, you may have a set play. We think we're organised. We know the eight routines and they score off it. And again, just highlighting, you know, sometimes things, I showed you some examples earlier of when things do go to plan, where you work on things and they come off. But there's also examples where you can do all the preparation that you think is appropriate and then sometimes it doesn't go to plan. And then towards the end of Mark's presentation, he zoomed out and started to look at coaching and set pieces from a pretty open point of view in terms of opposed, unopposed. Do you use them isolated on their own? Do you walk through them with the players? Do you do it in a game situation and the pros and cons of each and which ones he preferred and then give a few examples. So here's a little bit of insight on that there from Mark. I just thought about some of the training considerations. So a lot of people work on set plays isolated. Some of the pros of this is lots of repetition and the opportunity to break down moves over the course of activity. So showing them set routines. So there's a lot of benefit of isolated activity when we're talking about uh, training considerations. Some of the cons is not game-like. So you do lose that second phase, you know, that transitional moment. So going back to some of the clips I showed of that, you know, secondary phase, which sometimes we don't always talk about. You know, we focus on that initial one. Okay, that goes right. Blow the whistle, start again. I'm a big believer on that secondary phase, whether that be suffocating at the edge of the box or whether that be having a secondary players make movements off the initial ball. I just thought about myself. How do I coach? Set plays, I'm going to show you some examples. You know, I devise activity, I allow for repetition, but also to be game-like. I have focused set plays planned, who is where, my key players, and what the desired behaviours are to be. I try to use natural stoppages to do walkthrough before delivery. So I paint that picture on the field, as well as showing players previously before the session in video and graphic. I use guides, tactic board, cone on the field, you know, print out of routine. So some of those examples I showed earlier. And I allow the game to be played to a finish when possible. So, okay, we played a set play, what happens next? 
the ball goes out for a throw, fine, we play a throw in. Some of the considerations that I think about is, or for you guys to think about is, does your team slash off have set routines across the board? So are they asking you to do, this is our defensive structure, this is our attacking structure, this is the same throughout all, all our teams at the club. Do you know the opposition routines? Can you coach like for like, or are you, um, you know, seeing what they're doing during the game and making in-game adjustments? Are the key players involved at training? You know, it depends on your training night, depends on the training schedule. Are players in rehab? Are players injured? Do you, you know, if we're saying, right, we're going to work off these two players, are they prevalent at training? And can you replicate that when working with them? And then space. You know, especially at youth soccer, are we talking about, you know, do you have a penalty area? Do you have the space, a half field, three quarters of the field to go and be able to work this? And if not, then how can you adapt? I do think it's difficult to adapt. Not entirely impossible, but I do think, you know, for some of these set plays, you do need the lines, the generic areas, you know, that penalty box, that realism to provide what I'm, certainly for me as a coach, I'm looking for. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the webinar. They all have 10 to 15 minute presentations and we've tried to get a variety, not just of philosophies, but a variety of areas in the game, coach education, analysis, opposition, scouting reports, training philosophies, former players, viewpoints, and then looking to see how it applies to the actual game itself at every single level, youth, college pro and give as much detail as we can so hopefully you enjoyed that little preview to watch the whole webinar please 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 go ahead sign up modernsoccercoach.com slash community it's our community platform there is so much information on there already there's going to be a webinar every single month i'm going to get as much detail perspectives from different people so you get two week free trial whenever you sign up 14 days and then it's only $6 a month. So not a lot just to keep supporting what we're doing. If you listen to the podcast, if you watch the videos, if you like the social media work, everything we do, if you wouldn't mind supporting what we're doing, jumping on there, registering, that would be huge. So really appreciate that. Also in the webinar, I'm going to give a little bit of my perspective on areas that I feel that I'm growing in, in the area of set pieces and also a couple of teams that I really admire in their structure and in their execution and set pieces so using some clips there as well so a lot of video it'll be an hour plus and then we'll do some q a if you missed the webinar and you're listening to this and it's already happened no problem at all sign up for the platform it's going to be up there if you can't make it at the set time which is wednesday at 4 p.m eastern time no worries at all the replay will be up there right away and there's also the other webinars up there too so hopefully you enjoyed that thanks so much for listening hope to see you at wednesday to interact and get involved i will see you then goodbye thank you for listening to the modern soccer coach podcast for more coaching topics sessions and resources head on over to coach kernine on facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com